Hey everybody, welcome back to another outstanding episode of Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies and we're here to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to get this going and I'll kick it over to Bill. Hey, thanks. So my theme is um, historical films. And uh, the first one, and this is a pretty popular one, but I think, I think really kind of underrated, even though it made a ton of money and even got a sequel. It's 2007's 300, currently uh, playing on HBO Max. And, I mean, at this point, it's actually entered pretty much the zeitgeist, you know. This is Sparta, and the whole visual look of it, it's filmed in that strange chroma key technique that looks like a comic book, and it's based on Frank Miller and Lynn Varley's uh, great comic book of the same name. It literally looks like they just found some live actors and put them into the frames. Which is great, because Frank Miller's a terrific storyteller, and there's no reason, you know, it's like when they made Watchmen. It's like, you could have just, you had the storyboards already. There it is. Just just film it if you can. And they pretty much did. And what, what people don't seem to get about this movie, they say, you know, it's, it's wildly unrealistic. It's about the Battle of Thermophilae, where 300 Spartans, and although they don't never mention this, about 2,000 other um, Greeks tried to hold off an army of anywhere from a hundred thousand to a couple million accounts vary Persians who were invading and because they had a very narrow strait they were able to do a pretty good job because you know you can only attack one at a time and hell they were Spartans so they held them off for three days and it was it's a great story it's just a ripping true action thing the movie is is so stylized uh, you know they fight giants and armored rhinoceros which i do not believe have ever actually been used by any army ever the the persians are portrayed as monstrous and the the greeks are portrayed as incredible heroes who totally break formation which they would never do and it's in slow motion fast motion all kinds of motion it's totally over the top and people were criticizing the movie for that, not understanding this is a tale being told by one of the survivors. And he's telling this like around a campfire as they're about to go to war again. Of course it's over the top. Of course the wolves are bigger than any wolves ever were. Of course the elephants make mastodons look like Shetland ponies. This is how you describe things. And, and from that thing, it's just, it's, it's a rollicking good time. Just really, really super. Don't take it super seriously. Don't, for God's sakes, don't use as your cliff notes for your Greek mythology class or something. But it's a lot of fun. And uh, they waited a really long time before they came out with the sequel, and that didn't do as well. They did the exact same thing with Frank Miller's other weird-looking um, Sin City, which was fantastic. And by mm. the time they came out with the sequel, everyone had forgotten about it. I, you know, Avatar who? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where this this thing about not striking while the iron's hot. So, I wouldn't bet against James. I wouldn't bet against James Cameron because that's a good way to lose money. But so is spending a billion dollars to make a sequel to a movie that came out a long, long time ago. So we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. But anyway, that's three hundred on HBO Max, and I throw this right to Zach. Thanks, Bill. Well, you know, I, I recommend a lot of old shows on this uh, podcast because, you know, I go back. Uh, one of the great things about streaming, you can go back and visit, uh, revisit all of your favorites and you can kind of, uh, you know, relive some of your favorite TV moments. 
And my first recommendation is uh, actually kind of a uh, kind of a play on that because it's about uh, what happens when you go back and try to recapture the magic from a classic TV show. The name of the show, appropriately enough, is Reboot. And it is about a, uh, a an attempted reboot uh, in present day of a 2000s sitcom, uh, which I do not remember the name of the show right offhand uh, that it's supposed to be rebooting, but uh, it's something like really inane, just like a 2000s sitcom would be. Uh, this show is, uh, it's got a great cast. I mean, that's what uh, it's really well written, but uh, I mean the cast. Let me let me just read off some of the uh, some of the key actors here. You got uh, speaking of key actors, uh, Keegan Michael Key uh, is one of the main mm-hmm. characters. You also got Judy Greer. Uh, you got Paul Reiser. You got mm-hmm. even Johnny Knoxville, who you know I, I don't know. I've never like g- Johnny Knoxville is not a go to guy for me when it comes to uh, good performances, but uh, he does play. Mm-hmm. He plays a an actor that uh, he's a little washed up and he's had some uh, some issues with substances, etc. Um, so I think he's basically just playing himself. Um, so yeah, this show, uh, it's really hilarious. It's, uh, again, it's got a great cast. Uh, it's, it's you know, a very uh, funny kind of twist on the idea of rebeating these shows. In fact, it's kind of meta because it is on Hulu, uh, which is where you can watch it, but it's also about Hulu rebooting a show from the 2000s. So it's got a little bit of uh. a, you know, a little commentary, I don't know, a little uh, wink at the audience there. And the last thing I will mention, uh, Renee, did you watch um, The Act, which I recommended uh, a few weeks ago? No, no I No, you didn't. Okay, so. okay. I thought maybe you had uh, for some reason. I think you made a comment. But my recommendation, if you're going to watch Reboot, it's a hilarious show. Uh, the Act, which I had previously recommended, is <laughs> definitely not a hilarious show. But I wanted to kind of <laughs> comment on one of the oh. actors in both of these shows, uh, Callum Worthy. Uh, it is really weird because he actually plays a very, very similar character in both shows, but in the reboot, mm. he plays it for laughs. Like, the, you know, there are a lot of jokes around this character, and in the act, it's a, I don't know, it's a, almost a very insidious character. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I, I, I'm going to recommend a very weird pairing of the act, and then, uh, so you watch that first, and then you watch reboot, and the whole time, uh, all you'll be able to think about is his character from the act. Um, so anyways, uh, speaking of things that are subtly insidious, uh, Renee, what do you have for your first pick this week? Oh, my gosh. So, no, I have not seen that show, but I was very familiar with the story, which is, like, horrifying. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, speaking of things that are horrifying, my first recommendation this story is based on a, or movie rather, is based on a Stephen King novel. And it is about a group of friends mm. that go on a camping trip. And they struggle with a group of parasitic aliens. This movie is called Dreamcatcher. <laughs> you can watch it on Tubi. It stars oh, Thomas boy. Jane, Jason <laughs> Lee, Damian Lewis, and Timothy Oliphant. And this movie's really good. Um, the first hour of this movie is so good um and the other half is good too but the first hour of this movie is so good um anyway Dreamcatcher. i i don't really have a lot to say about it it's it's interesting it also has morgan freeman and tom sizemore um just it's just a good movie i remember seeing this in the movie theater and you know yeah i liked it it's good you should watch it <laughs> so i'll pass this back over to bill okay thank you um so my second movie is so listen 
Here's the story. Okay, the Battle of Thermophilae was a great, great story and, and deserved to be made to a movie. But here's another one. Um, way back in the days, according to the Athenian historian Xenophon, big fan of his work, um, a bunch of Greek mercenaries went to work, I think, for the Persians. It was a complicated time. And they were just hired out to help them because they were obviously good fighters. The Persians knew they could fight. So they went to fight for this Persian prince and there was this massive battle and um, they won their part of the battle. Unfortunately, the guy who hired them lost his part of the battle and was killed. So these 10,000 Greek warriors are thinking, we've got, we're going to get paid, everything's great, and they're marching along, and then they realize they couldn't find anyone else in the army because the army was gone. Um, no one knew what to do. The enemy marched by these 10,000 guys, and they both were looking at each other like, okay, I, I guess they're with us. I don't recognize them, but all right, you know, whatever. And then they realized what was going on. So the Persians said, well, listen, send some of your best guys over. We'll negotiate some way to get you all home. And they believed that. They went over there. They all got slaughtered. So yeah. the 10,000 guys who were left decided, screw this noise. We're going home. And they marched all the way to the sea, fighting armies one after another. It was the March of the 10,000 absolutely amazing these guys you know just beat everyone sent against them against all odds made it home in 1979 a movie came out from the great walter hill who's just done an amazing bunch of stuff and it is the warriors it is not set in ancient greece there are no persians here it's it's about a group uh, a gang the warriors who get together with a bunch of other gangs and listen to this very charismatic guy basically say, hey, you know, we outnumber the cops 10 to 1, we could take over this town. And then there's an assassination, the warriors are blamed, and they have got to fight their way back to their turf in New York City with every other gang coming at them. And this isn't just the Crips and the Bloods. The, these are the kind of gangs of mythology who dress up in wacky costumes like clowns, or baseball players, or whatever. And it's awesome man it's just one thing after another as these guys are just fighting their way back in this pro wrestling cartoon gangs that don't exist in real life and yeah, we've all seen gangs they don't lay yeah, they're not that. and it, but this was fun and it's a good movie walter hill just doesn't get enough credit he's the guy who almost directed alien um but then wisely decided to let uh, someone else do it. If you look at the people who were going to direct Alien, boy, did we just dodge one bullet after another. Hill would have been fine, but some of the ones that they were going to put there instead, like I think it was the guy who did Crawl, almost did Alien. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Didn't, so, didn't he, um, didn't he yeah, get... All, all, uh, not to get totally off topic, but is that... Is that no, no, was it hey. part of his deal for not directing Alien... Did he actually do any work on it, or is that the reason that he gets credited oh. on every Alien movie now? Did he like step? No, his... I think he's he was he was a producer. He was one of oh, the guys that okay. nurtured the project along. Gotcha. Okay, and you know, got Dan Ob Dan O'Badden thought he was going to direct, oh, and they sure. probably would have no, let him direct for a million dollars. Yeah, they would have given him no budget whatsoever. It would have been Dark Star too, hmm. which is how he originally imagined it. Actually, like, what if Dark Star wasn't a comedy? Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, it all worked out for the best. It's kind of a miracle that it worked out as, as well as it did. Um, but, yeah, Walter Hill's just some great stuff. Streets of Fire, for a movie that bombed horribly, is so influential. I mean, I watch some anime movies, and you're like, these guys watch Streets of Fire a lot. <laughs> you know? 
You just get that feeling. All of his movie, most of his movies feel like westerns, even if they're not set in the mm. west at all. Yeah. Definitely, The Warriors is one of those. So, um, if he's a filmmaker, that if you're not familiar with his work, check it out. He's, I believe, he's still alive, and I think he's still doing stuff. But he's got to be older than dirt now. I thought, he, I, I thought he retired. I thought, I thought it's been like Did a he? good twenty years since he made a movie, but I could be wrong. If, uh, yeah, you're probably right. It's sad, but you know, mm-hmm. hey, time marches on. But anyway, yeah, the Warriors, a lot of fun. Boy, when that movie came out, I'm just telling you, uh, you could not walk anywhere without somebody, you know, Warriors, come out and play. And if you see the movie, you'll know. You'll say it, too. And nobody will know what you're talking about. They'll think you're drunk or feeble. And uh, let me toss this back to uh, our own special warrior, Zach. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, speaking of uh, dumb or feeble... Um, no, actually, I, I take it back. He has he has a uh, a movie that he's credited on uh, last year, so I guess. Oh wow! And uh, it actually has Willem Dafoe in it. Uh, so oh yeah, oh. I guess he's uh, still working in, with him. Um, so yeah, uh, where was I? Oh yeah. Uh, so if there's one thing you guys probably know about me, it's that I love to learn things. I just love learning. I love to learn how to do things. Uh, which, luckily for me, there's a, a filmmaker named John Wilson who is more than happy to teach me how to do things uh, with his appropriately named television series, How To, with John Wilson. And John Wilson doesn't just teach you how to do basic, normal things. He has a wide variety of things that he can teach you how to do. Let me, let me just give you a, a, a quick oh, sampling God. of some of the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the episode titles from the two seasons of his show. You've got... How to make small talk. How to put up scaffolding. How to split the check. How to throw out your batteries. And how to invest in real estate. Yes, all these and more are things that John Wilson can teach wow. you in the two seasons of his show. Uh, it's on HBO Max. And uh, it is a just a it's a really brilliant show. I don't I, I would love to understand his process. Uh, so basically he he <laughs> narrates uh, he's 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 narrating the entire episode, but I'm convinced that he just goes out and shoots like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, footage just around New York City, and then like narrates to the footage how he I, I don't know how he like uh uh like organizes the footage and finds what he wants. I have no idea, but he but I just say that because he has so many great moments of just like. Things that could only happen in New York, but obviously are not planned or staged, and I don't know. It's just really funny. Uh, it's 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 a hilarious show. I love it. Uh, it's a uh, it's uh, uh, I believe a, a producer, executively producer, whatever, by uh, Nathan Fielder, who I've talked about a couple times. Loving his stuff. Um, this is uh, another kind of brand of like kind of weird, funny, uh, off kilter comedy. So if you're into that sort of thing, how to with John Wilson. Two seasons on HBO Max. Check it out. You'll learn a lot, and I sure did. Um, and speaking of things that are off-kilter and hilarious, Renee, what's your second pick? <laughs> oh, so this weekend, I went over to my parents' house, and my dad was out of town. So, you know, it was Sunday. Typically, it's football on Sunday, but dad wasn't home. So I was sitting there flipping the channels with mom, and we landed on this old movie. They used the song The New Karaoke, which was featured in another movie that I had just watched recently. Um, This is really not the kind of movie that I would typically recommend, but I actually found this movie to be kind of um, 
charming and funnier than I thought it would be. It is a musical. It is a comedy. And it is called Flying Down to Rio. It is from 1933. It has Dolores Del Rio, uh, a couple of other characters, Raul Rulian, forgive me, I'm probably saying that wrong, Gene Raymond, and it was the very first on-screen appearance of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. So, yeah. So, it was actually pretty cute. It's basically about this band leader that finds love and success in Brazil. So, yeah, it was very cute. There's some goofy, just funny, goofy scenes that are just silly. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was cute. Now, I will tell you, it was on, like, TV TV. It was, like, streaming over the air. Um, But I did find it on (laughs) archive.org. There you go. Yeah, so you could watch it on TV or on Octave.org. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Vanessa Del Rio, and most of her stuff doesn't get on TV, so... Oh, wait, Dolores Del Rio. Never mind. (laughs) Oh, boy. I feel like I... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a very specific type of of actress, and we all know Uh, what she does. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. There's some people who found... There's some people who found that joke funny, but they're not the kind of people you really want to know. (laughs) Oh, uh, so Paul's not here. No, so there's no one to sing us off or Rick Rollis or start doing uh, Shrek or. God, I got nothing. I was gonna say usually we go to you next. Oh, don't look at me. I I've got dignity. You've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's it. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> I'll come up with a better ending. <laughs> we could uh, we could make up we could write a, an original song. Uh yeah. theme to the warriors. Oh, no. Warriors. Oh look at the warriors. Want to come out and play warriors. That's all I got. <laughs> Anyways. That's perfect. Give me a um, C. A bouncy C. Yeah. Um I was giving me Dream Warrior oh, flag. Oh, I was I was about to say we could combine uh Dreamcatcher and the Warriors and just dream, and just play us out of Dream Warriors. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. <laughs> and then I'll put it to the like Perfect. theme of the Enterprise. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which apparently I don't know. <laughs> uh, Renee, what, what was the what was the second movie? Sorry. I didn't Oh no, that's okay. It was called Flying Down to Rio. Flying Down okay. There's this really goofy scene where they've got like all these ladies. There's a lot of later lady dancers around, so you know, a little eye candy mm. for the boys. Um, but it's for so funny because they do this thing where they're like, for the boys, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, um, they like strap these girls on this air, like these biplanes, mm-hmm. like, you know, to do like air tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is so freaking funny. They probably, oh. they probably like, that was, if they, in fact, they, like, like they actually did that, like for the, for well, the it was pre-code. Well, so I, yeah, I was going to say, but I don't think back so. in the day with no special effects, they probably actually killed multiple dancing girls. Just to get some of those oh, shots, yeah. but you know. Um, oh yeah, it's like when they had to have tripwire for the horses. And oh god! Some collateral oh, damage. No. Uh, uh, Renee. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it, killing dancing girls goes without a comment, <laughs> but a reference to horses. <laughs> oh no! I know it's terrible. Yeah, but, I, I'm yeah. always that person There's, where I'm like, "Is the dog?" Yeah, yeah but the dancing fairness, girls knew what they were in for. I mean, and compared to dancing girls, horses can generally count. At least up. There. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Yeah.
For the weekend of December 9th, Bill recommended 300, available on HBO Max, and The Warriors, available on Paramount Plus and Epics. I recommended Dreamcatcher, available on Tubi, and Flying Down to Rio on Archive.com. Zachary recommended Reboot on Hulu and How To with John Wilson, available on HBO Max. 